All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding the line, chance, stop! Face-off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 40 of the Daily Face-Off Ooh. podcast. As you heard, I'm your host, Brock Sagan. With me, as always, to my left, Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, Biebs? Good, good. Feels good to be 40. Uh, show's starting to, to bald, <laughs> uh, getting a little gut on it. <laughs> good to be here, though, Brock. How you doing today? I'm good. Uh, probably not as prepared as I normally am. It was a light day in the NHL, so I decided to just piss off and, and go golfing. So, Guy's job is just to run a hockey website. Uh, I was just not like, prepared. Yeah. Well, like, I'm, yeah. Like, I didn't do as much research as I normally uh, do, but that's why I'm expecting our friend and brand from Dylan D. Bursting to pick up some slack. How's it going, D? F*** else is new, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm always here to pick up the slot. No, I uh, came in super hard there. Yeah, he was just waiting on it. He's like, I can't wait for. I him. just got to pull double duty, I guess, for missing that show a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. D, but you're getting paid twice as much. Yeah. So right. Double what you're it's, getting. Yeah. 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 And it's still zero. <laughs> yeah, you do the math, it works out. Yeah. Two times zero is still zero. But uh, uh, all right. Doing great, though. Yeah. Doing great. So well, we're not even going to touch on the whole presidential election thing because i'm sure oh, why there's, would there's enough there's enough coverage yeah. of that nonsense we've said too much already yeah enough. exactly just mentioning it is is enough 
Um, so let's talk about something way more important, and that is our patrons. Um, we'll start the show off by thanking nice. the the people that we love, the people that are supporting the show the most. And this week, uh, we fans. we gained a couple new patrons, and we'll start off with thanking Natalie Peber. I hopefully pronounced your name correctly, if but not thank- Piber. So we no, got you. Either way, too. either way, we're good. Yep. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and then we have to thank Eric Young and Jeff Good as well for their help. Uh, with the Daily Faceoff podcast. If you are interested in becoming a patron and supporting the Daily Faceoff podcast and continuing to help this show improve, continuing to help this show grow, uh, please head over to our Patreon page and become a patron today. Uh, we're going to continue to kind of brainstorm over the next couple weeks uh, some things that we can add to make um, it more worth your while to become a patron, some, some different things that we can add to make it even better. Um, so thank you to everybody that has uh, become a patron so far. Uh, but let's start talking about some fantasy hockey. Wait, first I think we got to step back and mention who Eric Young is. Our, one of our patrons, we figured Patreons, we figured out is a WWE wrestler. Uh, so we wanted to give give him a little, you know, Foreman. extra shout out. Kind of cool, just a WWE wrestler listening to the show. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, last year we started off talking about how Bill Burr really appreciated the website and the podcast which was nice and now we've moved on to uh, the wwe so thank you eric young yeah. he reached out to me and said i would love to be a patron of the show love the show love the website um and he also plans on coming on the show and talking a little bit of fantasy puck here in the near future as well so um super cool yeah it's but nice. also thank you to everyone else i mean yeah i mean you don't have to be a wwe yeah. wrestler now the peeber jeff good and all of our other patrons we appreciate you guys equally you're all great and uh, I think we might be one of the podcasts that was able to keep the, the presidential election talk to an absolute minimum. So good on us. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's why everybody tunes in. Um, I would like yeah, to... Yeah, we like that no, escapist hobby podcast. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. Before we get into fantasy hockey, I would just like to point out, I just took a, a slight glance over to my left and just noticed uh, Biebs is muzzy and it's just... It's, oh. I honestly, I, w- I was at work today. I was feeling my face, and I was like, "Oh, this is good." Like this, we, I actually have a mustache for once because I never have. <laughs> I never have a mo from November, and then I, in my head, I'm like, "Oh, it's got to be like November 20th." I can't believe it's almost December, just based off my mustache. And I look at my phone, and it was the ninth. So I was like, "Damn!" Like we're actually doing good. So this <laughs> is some progress. this is the first ever legit November. Listen to you talking like you I've just had, shaved so on November. I did. I swear to God. Yeah, 2015. On the podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. against it. No, this thing's gold. Dude. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I think if you looked at him head on, you wouldn't even be able to tell. It's just the way the light is catching him at the angle that I'm sitting beside him. That's the only reason I can actually see some hair. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm going to post progress pics on Twitter. So, I was thinking about it, too. Um, Mine's not anything to brag about, either. I'm probably going to do daily 10, 10, every 10 days, so tomorrow there'll be one up, so be ready. Um, so before and after. So we'll, right, Gains, bro! I'll do yeah. mine, too. Just, Gains! Uh, Gains. <laughs> mine, mine's so bad because like you can literally like there's just a part in between my mustache it just doesn't grow there's like yeah. a solid mustache on the outsides and there's like a two finger discount in the middle and it's just nothing there we'll post all, right. all of ours on the daily face off right. podcast and you know just don't forget about the whole uh, meaning behind november too yeah uh, absolutely i wanted to start a whole thing for the daily face up podcast where we would go our muzzies but and you people. didn't think i could that's yeah, why I, I didn't i always like you know what we should get see if anybody wants to donate to help raise some money uh, for the for the cause, but then I was just like, you know, I don't even think Biebs can grow ones. Like, what's the point? But I then I look I over, and he's got six or seven hairs in the upper lip right now. We could have definitely right. pulled uh, pulled in some money for the cause, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't need to go to us though. Go anyone, you know, any 
No, that's what we meant. Gruesome, nice, disgusting, handsome mustache that one of your friends are going. Just uh, if, they, if they got a campaign going, throw them a few dollars and absolutely support the fight against prostate cancer. It, hit, it hits home for a lot of us. So uh, yeah, nice. Let's talk some hockey. Hey, we're gonna start with you, dude. So what we're gonna do since we are the daily face-off podcast, I decided it was time to introduce the face-off segment. I got to get some cool like background. Really thought out that name. Yeah, I know. I really got to get some background music for this segment. Just like some some intense head-to-head face-off music. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna make some noises. That was not terrible. Anyways, so what we're gonna do uh, for the next couple weeks? The face-off. Very simple. Two guys going head-to-head. One one of us. Which this week it'll be Biebs will kind of host the the face off and throw four different questions that are really affecting the hockey landscape right now. Each week, will there's obviously gonna be some some new news, some new uh, tidbits to kind of discuss. So this week, Biebs is gonna uh, go ahead and host the face off, and it'll be me and D going head to head in the daily yeah, face off. Yeah, um, I was looking at. Early polls and pundits suggesting Brock has about a 65% advantage here, so that should put me right on path to a clear victory. <laughs> yeah, nice. That was well done. Thanks. That was very solid. I thought about it earlier in the day. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote it down. I was like, that's a good topical joke. He wrote it down on his arm. He's just like, oh, I got to make sure I bust this one out later. He wrote it on his arm and like washed his and hands that's it. on accident and it, it that's erased. It. So yeah, that's, the last, that's the last reference. Yeah. Promise. <laughs> you got through Okay, let's go, Biebs. Uh, your, your favorite time. Yeah. You love to host. That's I, why I let you do it first. I'm big on hosting. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, my favorite thing. Um, question A, though. Has McDavid surpassed Crosby as the NHL's best player? I'm throwing it to D first. Yeah. Uh, it's a numbers game for me, man. It's really tough to call at this point. Uh, I, so what, what I did was kind of compare Connor's number in his first sp- 59 career games that's all it's been so far over this year and a, two seasons now a year and a half whatever you want to call it uh crosby's played 87 games over that same span so those are the two kind of data sets i was looking at uh connor's got 65 points in 59 games 1.1 points per game crosby over that same time 95 points in 87 games uh 1.09 points per game so the, mo- the slightest of edges to connor in that respect but you, you know um you can almost give the edge to Sid just because he's played more games over that uh, time and been yeah. and arguably. Yeah, well, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, no, but uh, just to get try to get a sense of who's actually been better. Um, uh, McDavid so far in his career has got a fifty-two point six Corsi, five point seven relative Corsi, which is a huge number. That's really good. Uh, Crosby over the same span. My calculations fifty-five point two Corsi. Um, can't really calculate a relative course over a two-year span, not without the raw numbers, so I couldn't do it. But he was a plus 3.3 last year, which is solid, and he's a ridiculous plus 12.8 this year, uh, as the Pens struggle to establish anything when Sid's not on the ice. Um, so basically, they're both incredible possession players, obviously two of the most skilled players in the league, uh, both very intelligent players, producing at an elite and nearly identical level. Uh, I'll st- I'm still going to give the nod to Sid, basically just based on the fact that they've basically been even. And, uh, you know, Connor's only played 59 games so far in his career. So it's it's just hard, um, given Sid's nod to already, you know, kind of knight him as the best player in the league. But, I, you know, I don't think it'll be too long before it's kind of the new narrative, uh, perhaps even by the end of the year, if he ends up, you know, really outproducing him when it's all said and done this season. Yeah. On to Brock. Yeah, I mean, 
I think the real reason why I started the face-off segment with me versus D and started it off with a McDavid versus Crosby question was because I knew that we would probably have opposite opinions on this one. Uh, I can't argue, obviously, both numbers for each player. Uh, just outstanding. McDavid, I mean, we saw last night, head-to-head for the first time. McDavid, three points, three primary assists. He played really well. Uh, I think, I mean, the question is who's the better player now? Like, has he surpassed him? I'm going to say yes, uh, strictly because of what we've seen so far in the early goings of the year. Not to, I guess it's not really a So you're taking these 10 games over Crosby's entire career? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I think he surpassed him. Just making sure. Well, it's not just just these ten games. It's, it's well, that's what you what, just said, though. No, you but said it's based what, on it's what's what, happened so far this season. Well, like and last year, like what McDavid did last year, and then the start of right this when he year, got hurt and missed half the season. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I think he surpassed him. <laughs> I, yeah. The overall, the sure. I mean, obviously getting hurt that happens. Whatever. It's not. A, it was a very strange injury. Uh, it's not something that anybody is you know could could have avoided. I guess you could say, but I think that he. It's like it's obviously a very slight margin. Um, I think the popular choice would still be Crosby. I think McDavid just is he just is playing with a lot less and he's doing just as much. I guess he's playing with a significantly. But I don't even know if you could say that if you look at Crosby's line mates, right? No, but the whole like, like it's not like Crosby's not playing with Falcon, like. No, but when you look at like another team, like I mean, I guess the opposition is probably trying to shut down Crosby just as much as they're trying to <laughs> shut down. McDavid every night, but like I mean, I guess I would expect Malkin to take a, quite a bit of the defensive load as well. Sure. It is a bit of a pick your poison situation there. That and I just like I don't know, like and you, the Penguins' power play is just one of the most lethal in the NHL. Obviously, when you put Malkin, Latang, and all the boys together, I mean, I, I don't think McDavid's really playing with the greatest of players. He's like I mean, he's got Patrick Maroon on the wing right now, so I mean, it's not like he's been, been given the best. Line. I mean, Everly's obviously solid, but I mean, it, it it's obviously. A one A one B situation right now. These right, guys but I mean, uh, just just like for example, Crosby's two most common line mates this year have been Chris Kunitz and Patrick Kornfis. So, uh, you know, good players, but not elite by any means. You know, no players set to ride. Hey, you, you know what? Though, Which like, is what's happening Edmonton too. You know what? I think like it's pretty. That, that's like a bump from what he's seen in years past. Like, I mean, at least yeah. it's not like Connor Sheary, who's not a terrible player either. But I mean, it's just like he's played with some really. Piss poor players over the years. I mean, Kunitz and Hornquist, he, he's played with significantly oh. worse over. What are you saying I mean, about Pascal Dupuis? Oh, gotta love Pascal Dupuis. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he's just old. Right. <laughs> Question B. Retired. So, wait, what do we settle on? We didn't settle. Well, no, you think it's, you think it's Crosby. Yeah. I, we don't have to settle on shit. You think it's Crosby. I think right. McDavid has surpassed him. I'm just chilling. It's those. just weird because, like. I just don't see anything that can, like. Uh, I don't think there's any like concrete evidence say to say. Like, one I don't way feel or the confident other. enough to say that. But like, I you know they're obviously trending in different directions. Yeah, oh, yeah as sure. good as Crosby is. It just seems yeah, like McDavid, like, it's is, McDavid still seems like a little sheepish to me. Like he doesn't like. It seems like he is just like so unbelievable, but he doesn't even know like how good he is yet. Like it seems like when he, like he just seems still like a kid. It's weird. Like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come across as like that. Like it's hard to really say he's the best player in the league because like when you like just like visually look at him and you know interviews and stuff he doesn't come across as a guy that is the best player in the nhl right now like he still is just so young but he's that's why i think he's just gonna be out, outrageous yeah 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 wait till he's 20 40 yeah that's what i mean like it's i mean yeah. but crosby did the same thing right i mean yeah yeah he did yeah he, he did, did the definitely. exact same and uh just to make a correction those uh line mates i gave you were from last year not this year okay. wowies from this season are not yet available 
Yeah, it's disappointing. I always go to look yes. and it's just like, oh, not available. Like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, you, yeah. That's the one thing about uh, you know, the non-official tracking websites is did you be a few games behind. Since we're, since we're talking about uh, sure. analytics here for a second, did you see like the uh, interview with Tortorella the other day when he was just like, yeah, like I'm just not going to look at that stuff anymore. Like I don't even care. Blah, blah, blah. And then everybody was just jumping on him like, well, like, yeah, I can see why in his team's course he was like 48 or something. Like, yeah, like, well, that, if you had a 56 course, he you mean to like, tell me he looked at it at some point? Yeah, well, I don't even know if that's what he, he was basically yeah. just like this is garbage. Like it's uh, it's it's trash. And it was like okay, <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I don't then, blame him. I wouldn't like, want to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the whole point. And then tonight he was gonna go like scratch Brandon Sod, who's like his best possession player because he's been yeah. like making lollygagging lolly a little bit lately. Oh, and everybody yeah, was just like, man, like I'm ones. sorry. I, I guess it's sending a message, but still, like at what like at what point is it like a good idea to play <laughs> Lucas Sedlak over? Brandon saw like it just I don't think like that's ever ever gonna benefit your team. Right. Maybe if Saw like breaks his leg or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, like if he's totally healthy, it's just like you know what? Hey, just take a seat. Yeah. Like it's never that yeah. doesn't benefit you at all. Yeah. Uh, but Beebs, let's go number two. Will Patrick Line score forty goals this season? He's ridiculous. D, I'll let you start again. I want to know what you um, have to say about this. Yeah, it's it's interesting, dude. Um, so he's shooting twenty five percent. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. which is obviously really high. Uh, the unfortunate thing is because he's a rookie, we have no career shooting percentage to fall back on. All we can really do is assume that, that you know, he's obviously, uh, an above average, uh, shooter, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. you have to assume that at this point, right? Like, um, so that combined with the fact that he's actually producing shots, uh, really well, I think he's on pace for 257 total. So that, he's got 213 shots left. Um, so that's assuming he plays 82 games, which is obviously not, not, nothing close to a guarantee. Um, so he's got 11 goals so far. He needs to shoot 13.6% over the last 213 that he's on pace for, and that would give him 40 goals. <laughs> so it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, it's just, to me, like it's hard to say because it's almost like a matter of how hard Puck luck bites him when he finally, you know, assumingly cools down from what's been 11 goals in 14 games yeah. to start the season. A couple of and like I said, it'd be a lot easier to say one way or another. Like if he had a career shooting percentage of 14 or 15, then I'd be a lot more confident saying he could break it. Um, Ovechkin, for example, I think is like a 12 and a half percentage in his career. And he's always been a guy to produce more off the quantity of his shots than the quality, which is what you want to see. It's more reliable, as I say every week, pretty much. But um, yeah, I you know, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Like and. It. That's assuming he plays 82 games, but um, yeah, if he continues to produce shots as much as he is, um, like I said, it's only going to take 13.6%, which seems to be well within his reach. Um, so it could definitely not happen, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and say sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. I dig that. So. Yeah, I, you know, I really, I really wasn't thinking that you were going to go in that direction. Uh, but I, I think it is to all the numbers. I wasn't either until I looked at it. <laughs> all the numbers that you dropped here, I think it's reasonable. Like, those are players of, of his ilk, you know, they tend to shoot, you know, 13, 14, 15% because they're that they're that good. Um, Forwards in general, I, I I believe is a double digit average. Yeah, like um, it's usually around 10 or 11 for just, yeah. like, you know, the, the average. And so players... Lower like, for- when you just see the kid shoot, it's like, holy shit, like, he could. Yeah. The craziest part is um, even crazier than the fact 
like his overall shooting percentage is he's shooting 28% at home, which is even more impressive. It's just out of this world than 16% on the road. Obviously, like that's he just scored his first uh, road goals against the Red Wings the other day. Uh, but he, he is just ridiculous. You just see him let her go, and he's being put in the situation to just continue to score. He's playing the point of the power play. He's playing with Shifley, who's leading the league in points right now. I mean, it's hard... We always kind of say when we talk about stuff like this that you're when you're given such a big head start, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, just yeah. seem to fall into it. After right, a and while. he could. That's what I'm, yeah, like he could also definitely go into a slump. Like he scores no goals in ten games, for example. Yeah. Right, like um, he's already. It's it, weird. Like if you sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but if you no, look no, at no. it, he's like out of his fourteen games, he's already been held like goalless in eight of them like in more than half of his games already he's been held mm-hmm. off the goal sheet but he's right. got two hat tricks and a bunch of other multi-goal games it's like right. he just scores in bunches it's like one right. some nights he just is feeling it and he just lets her go but the shot production has been consistent and exactly. reliable. so that, oh, yeah. that's the biggest assumption i'm making is that that's going to continue um and yeah they, like if he gets 200 more shots he's definitely got a really good chance of, yeah. of hitting 40 goals which yeah. is crazy like it seems in when he's on a breakaway or anything like when he's get it, it just seems like when he gets those golden opportunities he doesn't miss and that's what yeah. you, that's what you're looking for out of a 40 goal score some guys are you know they're put in those situations and they miss the net or or they just you know fan on it or whatever line a does not miss right now and mm-hmm. even if he stays hot for a couple more games and he gets it to 15 in his first night in his first 20 or whatever then he's got 62 games left for the rest of the year to score 25 which is right obviously the for him, so. the longer he stays uh ahead of this pace the lower he'll have to shoot for with whatever's left exactly but Beebs, you don't have to just host what do you think you think he's in oh absolutely he's yeah. in i, I knew actually you're just a fit he's, he's patrick line a brock of course while i'm patrick yeah, while we're doing why do you research, think he's gonna i think he's gonna just because you know he's patrick line yeah that's why bad. no while we we're doing our research i actually, like, started doing these questions and was like oh yeah like getting pumped about it like good, started to do some numbers and i was like oh my god i'm hosting i don't need <laughs> oh it's okay i don't need to thanks brock i do think patrick line will get 40 plus Question C. <laughs> Will a late signing be moved by season's end? Examples. Truba, Raquel, Lindholm. Boom. Go Brock. Actually, no, you started last one. This no, he did. No, yeah, he okay. started the first two. Okay, wow, geez, yeah, Brock, you step in. Uh, like, it's hard to say. I I don't think Raquel is getting moved. I don't think Lindholm is getting moved. It's a lot more likely that somebody like Cam Fowler gets traded. Uh, so that kind of just leaves us with Jacob Truba. I uh, it was weird like that whole thing like he, he he holds out then he signs and then they like his first practice they interview him and he's just like he was so awkward he was yeah. just like I signed here now I signed that piece of paper my mind changed I'm here to stay I love when right. like, like honestly just, he realizes he's in a tough spot right? yeah he's just trying to move on which you know well, yeah, it's because like if he doesn't really sign, if he doesn't sign I think it was December. I don't know what the exact date, but if he didn't sign by like December twentieth or whatever, like he was like he yeah, couldn't he play for play. the whole year. Yeah. yeah. So he he was behind the eight ball. Like he didn't hold all the cards. Uh, the Jets had the leverage. They signed him. It's weird because like does it? It was weird because like before they could have traded him. Whatever. Like doesn't didn't matter. Now they signed him, and it seems like it could make him a little easier to trade. I would have if you would have told me that before. I would have said no. I think it was easier to trade him when he was an RFA. Um, but just because he signed actually such like a respectable a, yeah. deal, like a lot of teams can take on a three million dollar cap hit 
over the next two years. No, for a defenseman of his oh, caliber, like that's not that, like a lot of teams are not n- nervous about taking on. If you were to no, sign a, a, a you know a more lucrative <laughs> deal, nothing. like then it would have been maybe a little more difficult to trade. But that three million dollar cap hit, I think it, this makes him even nothing. easier. The, the commitment, yeah, the, the financial nothing. commitment is whatever comes after. It, right? Exactly. Uh, but like that, that's why I. I it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, it seems like the time to move them has passed, right? They're, but like, like they they almost were like they almost had their hands forced in dealing them, right? Like the Jets were never interested in moving Truba. That that much no. was obvious. Oh my God! Why would you um, ever want to? It if they did want to, you could make the argument they have a lot more leverage now, obviously with the contract. But the, like I said, they're or like you said, sorry, they're all on team friendly deals right now, and it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like. If, that's just not how it really works, right? Like, a guy doesn't usually get traded after he holds out and settles. No, um, yeah. No, usually now he's there to stay, and then but you kind of see what happens I think after. What's what's weird and, uh, I guess, unique about the Truba situation is that his dispute wasn't about money, right? Like, it was about playing time. He was just like, uh, he just, like, kind of just didn't like Winnipeg. He didn't want to play the opposite side. He was just like... Yeah, and it's it's it was hard even to grasp what he was saying at first, because he's... Uh, Played 22 minutes a night last season. Uh, I'm assuming it was more the lack of power play time, uh, where Bufflin almost tripled his uh, ice time last season. I think season. it was because he was playing on the offside, was it not? Wasn't he playing on the like, on the left side instead of the right? And then he wasn't. He wanted to play on his, on, on his on the right side. He just he felt it was saying stuff like he didn't feel like there was an opportunity to grow as a right-handed defenseman. Yeah. Um, so it seemed to be kind of just poking at their use of Bufflin. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like I said, I don't think the Jets are interested in trading him. Um, they have more leverage now if they want. Teams, you know, uh, before could have just, uh, if they're talking trade, you know, obviously have the, the chip. Well, he doesn't even want to play for you right now. Yeah, you have like, to get, oh, yeah. yeah. Is it like, you know what I mean? So that, that's, that's not there anymore. Um, so I, I think for all these guys, it's, it's less likely. And, you know, it's going to be a weird offseason with the expansion draft. And I think oh. we're going to have wait to see how it plays out but uh, you know i, I it's going to be weird to see how the jets ha- handle his playing time now because it was obviously a big deal for him and you know his it was what would you say it was a two-year deal right so it, two years, it's yeah, six mil. right this issue is going to come up again in two years if it doesn't change right like he's gonna be gone so um i mean i i can't blame the jets or throw shade their way for wanting to bufflin to play big minutes on the power play he's excellent on the power yeah. play no it's, it's not, I, I don't think it has, but, i think it has more to do with true than it does with the jets i mean the jets were just Maybe they could have used him a little more effectively or whatever, but I mean he he's still a young defenseman. That happens a lot with these defensemen that you see right. like all across the league when they're third third year in the NHL, you know, they, they do play those second pairing minutes behind a, a better veteran right. defenseman, or maybe not even a better, but just a veteran defenseman. It happens all the time. I imagine he must have been you know, this is just pure speculation, let me make that clear. But I, I imagine, you know, given with what came out from his agent and what Chubas said uh, he was probably a little put off that in deciding between their captain and uh, a veteran right-handed defenseman, they decided to spend their money and resources on the right-handed defenseman, which, you know, a lot of people will obviously make the argument that Bufflin's the more valuable player. But in the eyes of Truba, who is the young right-handed defenseman, uh, you know, hailed as the almost the franchise piece mm-hmm. and uh, the defenseman of the future moving forward, um, you know, that, that must have... But it seems my like it seems like it must have you know did some damage to his ego yeah. and was probably the source of all this. But um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I can't blame the Jets either. The Bufflin's awesome. So uh, and you need more than one 
good right defenseman to defense. be a contending It's team. crazy, yeah. too, because like, even when he comes back, I don't want to go on too much longer about Truba, but even once he does come back and you slot him in behind Buffalo and then you move Myers to the third pairing, like, it's a dirty, it's a dirty blue line. It's good. Dirty right side for sure. I mean, Morrissey's looked really comfortable playing with Bufflin. Uh-huh. Adam Myers in protected minutes is a good thing. That's yeah, oh, for sure. And then, uh, like, I mean, and Truba can take those harder minutes. And he's, the, and he's, the, he's an elite defenseman at even strength. He the thing been. is, too, winning just makes everybody happy, right? So yeah. if he comes back and the Jets keep winning, Line keeps playing well, Ehlers keeps playing well, Shifley keeps playing well, they get Little back, Wheeler keeps doing his thing. They've got yeah. not a lot. Of, they're an exciting team. If they keep winning, all of a sudden Trubis is going to be a lot more interested in playing in Winnipeg than he was a week ago. Or yeah, you would think. And uh, you know, I'm sure his process now and how he handled that interview is, you know, I'm here for two years. Um, I don't want to talk about this for two years. Yeah, shut up. Let me play hockey. Exactly. So you know, and it's obviously fair for the Winnipeg press to kind of press the issue a little bit. Yeah, for sure. They have uh, to. Yeah, I mean, the fans want answers. The fans want to know, right? So. Beebs has yeah. got some hilarious uh, numbers. So the answer is no. I think Raquel and Lindholm are definitely staying, especially because yeah. their disputes was more about money and length than anything, and all that was settled already. So I don't imagine them moving those two uh, young pieces. Yeah, Listen just, to some of these numbers, I decided Deep. to look up who uh, who gets paid similar to Truba right now. Um, oh, yeah. So around the $3 million range. And uh, Radko Gouda's $3,350,000. Cody Franzen, over $3 million. Trevor Daly, over $3 million. Clayton Stoner, over $3 million. Andrew Ferentz. Well, he's retired now. Career, but... rest in peace, over $3 million. Same, <laughs> Makes the same amount of money as Stefan. Stefan Robida, $3 million. Dude, that guy is literally like in the movie Castaway right now. Like, where did he go? He just, he's, he's helping just the Leafs. He's just gone. Somewhere. But he even was skating with the Derek Leafs. Derek England is like $3 million. So Jacob Truba, Derek England, <laughs> yeah. who do you want? It's good sign. Um, not skating. Yeah. Regardless, though, um, on to question D. I just wanted to toss those hilarious contracts at you. Question yeah, that is- shows how good uh, Truba's contract is right there. And it currently ranks him 102nd in the league um, for his contract, which is – so there's apparently 101 defensemen better than him. Um, that was only defenseman? <laughs> that was just defenseman, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and uh, so if you do the math, <laughs> Holy that's just ridiculous. Um, but D, what was the worst offseason signing as of right now? And uh, since the question's named after you, you can go first, D. All right. Um, you know, there's obviously there's a couple obvious candidates. I think Andrew Ladd and Louis Erickson are probably yeah, uh, the two biggest names right that out. come to mind. I'm going to go with Erickson. I still think Ladd's got some juice in the tank. And while I do think Erickson's a good player, um, his slow start away from the Sedins just can't really bode well for the next six years on his contract because, you know, Vancouver fans, maybe you might want to turn the volume down for the next five seconds, but the Sedins probably aren't going to be playing that much longer. <laughs> and they can't afford to keep carrying whatever free agent acquisition the franchise brings in. Um, it hasn't so, worked. Like, even like Verbata, it just didn't work. Ugh. It did work for Verbata. It, it did for a year, and then the next year... Yeah, it just... that's how it works. It's one year every time. Hans yeah, Carter. Hans uh, Carter. <laughs> uh, every time, dude, it's one season. And then next year it's like, oh, Everybody we're set. This guy's, right. this guy's going to play with them and we're At good. Point, and it doesn't that work. guy's getting injured and Burroughs is stepping in and having a couple good games. <laughs> like, guaranteed every year. Who you got, Rob? Um, I wanted to go with Erickson too, just strictly because... Too easy. Uh, no, yeah, well, like, no. The real reason I think it was the bad signing was because that was the type, like a six-year, $36 million deal. That's the type of deal that you make for a winger that's going to put you over the edge. Where... <laughs> 
Vancouver shit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not like that that's not a commitment, yeah, not a financial commitment that you want to make when you right. when you're I mean, you need to be looking to shed some some um salary cap. You need yeah. to you need to shed some sorry, shed some salary. Yeah. And, like and six million moves, and you need to six rebuild. million isn't as big of a hit as it used to be, but it's still way too much dead space to have in one player if you're trying to rebuild. Or, it is it isn't you know, a big but, cap hit, but it is once you you know when you look if at they're it, literally as doing much money nothing. they've got they've, they've got tied up with the Sedins already and then, and they're dog shit. Um and he's and he's <laughs> just playing for it. Honestly, off, like man. we talked about it we talked about it before like, too. Like I still think that Erickson has potential this year. I still think Erickson can play very well with the Sedins. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit of a buy low. I'm sure he's being dropped in a lot of leagues. I would not be sleeping on Louis Erickson. He's a he's a quality winger who has still a lot of upside, still has a lot he's been snake bitten to start the year, obviously. I think he still has like only one goal. Just scored the other night. Uh, but I'll talk about Andrew Ladd a little bit too. He signed a seven-year, $38.5 million deal. We've already seen this guy on the fourth line. He he just scored his first goal. It just The whole thing in, in, in Brooklyn, I shouldn't say New York, in Brooklyn is just a disaster. Yeah. I mean, they signed Ladd and Parento. It's like, okay, here we go. Ocposo, see you later. Boom, we got Ladd, Parento. You're going to play with the bars. It's going to be awesome. And it's not working. Now you What's got the deal there, man. I feel like there's got to be some disconnect between coaching and management. When you have, you know, your two biggest acquisitions of the offseason, one of them's playing on the fourth line, and one got cut before the season started. Yeah, who's not stepping in and being like, "Hey, uh, I think like, like moving, someone's not on the same page." Like, I think moving Lad down to the fourth line is a is a little bit of a better move than it is to like what Torts is trying to do and go ahead. Let's just uh, scratch Brandon Sod, whatever. Like moving moving him down, whatever. Wake him up. But the whole team up. sucked, right? Like it's, it's tough to no, put it's, that. It's, tough, it's, it's been a slow start for sure. It's just like you put Josh Bailey and Cal Clutterbuck with T- Tavares. Like every single day I tweet those lines out, Twitter explodes, man. Like it's like, oh my God, the Islanders lines are just outrageous. And it's just like, yeah. I just sit back and just stoke the fire. Like, hey, look at these. <laughs> these are hilarious. Hey, Cal Clutterbuck, first line center. Hey, Andrew Ladd, fourth line. And people lose it. And it's like, fire cap, fire cap. And yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, lad, I think it is Erickson just because Vancouver was not in a situation to be making that signing. Yeah. Um, but they're bold. Lad has not been a good. I mean, like. I just think it's funny when Tavares struggles and then they wonder, like, where their secondary scoring is. Yeah. Like, we'll talk, we'll talk not... a little bit more about lad here in a couple of minutes. But, I mean, like, lad has always been a solid player in his role, but a seven year commitment to a guy like that and letting Ocposo walk is super questionable to me yeah i gotta agree with you on that one. like i just like 38 million that's five and a half million it's, it's not a ton of money but it's right. still quite well a the uh, the narrative at the time i think was they added term and dropped yeah like realistically Ocposo signed at only half a million dollars more per season so you could have probably signed him to the same deal kept him around kept that continuity with Tavares for an extra five hundred thousand dollars true doesn't true, make any true. sense to me very fair point. But uh, let's move on. Brock's going to be hired by the Brooklyn Islanders after the show, just like the general manager guy. Yeah. Just gonna we don't want to talk. We can't talk about him. Just to do that. We're not allowed to talk about we're, him. This is not. a Nation Network podcast. He is not allowed <laughs> to be spoken about. He's like Lord Voldemort. <laughs> he, he shall not be named. Fair enough. Uh-huh. But uh, we're going to quickly... We're deep. We went on there. I like that face-off segment, but hopefully it doesn't take that long. I mean, I, I guess it means that we got into some good discussion, peeps. I'm sorry you had to yeah, sit I back. Just, so we'll, uh, so we'll start with you. <laughs> we're going to quickly rip through some guys who have who were heavily owned, highly drafted, um, and whether or not you should keep them or cut them. 
I'm not going to say cut bait because I'll go crazy about that shit again. So we're going to run through some names. Keep your cut. Biebs, we'll start with you on the first one. The guy we just talked about, Andrew Ladd. One goal, one assist in 13 games. Do you keep him or do you cut him? I cut Andrew Ladd. And I'm keeping a lot of people on this list. But Andrew Ladd, just playing on that fourth line. It's not going to be like that forever. But what the hell are the Islanders doing? I don't... We've already gone there. I don't yeah, we have gone anymore. there. I, that's all I have to say. I don't like him. Um... You might turn around, keep an eye on him. He is Andrew Ladd. I mean, he's always been a great fantasy producer across the board. I'm saying cut him right now. D? Uh, I keep Ladd second most time on their power play. That's admittedly been terrible, but should get better. Uh, you know, you'd imagine he's still going to play with the Barras. Um, his possession numbers have been far from great, but his PDO has been awful. His on-ice shooting percentage is predictably terrible. Um, so I, I just expect to bounce back to some degree, given, you know, the opportunity you'd expect him to get. But if it's not there, um, you know, don't be afraid. Yeah, I field, I fielded a couple Twitter questions about him over the last couple of days. I've told uh, people to preach patience with him. Uh, <laughs> it's still just watch the coaching. If he keeps playing bottom six minutes over the next two weeks, then yeah. But I just don't imagine outside, that happening. Yeah, it just can't. Like, it literally you know, can't. Yeah, you can't. After the commitment they made can't play on that top line for a month with Andrew Ladd in the bottom six and you keep your job. That just won't happen. I, how do you sign a guy for seven years and then give up on him with your best player after like five, ten games? Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's why I'm keeping him. I'm still preaching patience. The thing, too, about Ladd is he's not like an amazing offensive producer. Playing with DeVars, he could be solid. But he does. Like He contributes in a lot of other fantasy categories, which is you can't say yeah. about a lot of players. He's yeah, one guy I think that his most productive... Like, his 30-goal days are probably behind him, but yeah. he's still a more than capable 2025 guy. Exactly. Um, Biebs, Justin Williams, also one goal, one assist, 12 games. Justin Williams, I'm saying keep, and strictly because of the line that he's on. He's currently playing second line with Kuznetsov, which I really like that combination. I just think he's kind of been snake bit in the start of the year. He's also still on their second power play, so just kind of keep an eye on that. As long as he stays on those lines, I mean, he's bound to just pick up some, some grease points. Um, Some grease points. I don't really see anyone stepping in and tape, taking his top six spot. Uh, there's not really any, uh, not really a strong. What about my boy there. Barkovsky? I mean, or Tom Wilson? He was there last week. Yeah, but it's Tom Wilson. Let's put <laughs> yeah, him back on the third and fourth. <laughs> I love Tom Wilson, though. Don't get me wrong, but uh, that's not what we're talking about. Justin Williams. I'm saying, uh, I mean, keep an eye on the lines. That's always what this case is. But uh, he's been a consistent producer past couple years i just really like him on washington i think he's gonna turn it around d uh i'm dropping williams i actually did drop him in one of my leagues um so you know that's honest yeah, totally uh, dependable on league size for sure. yeah yeah uh yeah well i think it was maybe in a 14 team league but <laughs> um time on ice hasn't wavered his shot production has he's barely over a shot a game which is troubling to say the least yes um he's obviously in a slump too you know he's had some bad luck uh, Biebs is right he's still playing on that second line but at this point I just don't see how his upside which is probably like 20 goals is worth waiting out for you know what I mean that's the thing yeah. with that me makes sense. too I'm cutting Williams just because like Williams is the type of guy the way you're hoping for him to get back to 20 goals right? yeah you know, so... like Williams is the type of guy 35 years old that you can drop yeah he's not getting any better you can drop right. him and he might stick around on the waiver wire for a bit right like no one's gonna flock to the waiver like if you drop Andrew Ladd he's gone Someone's yeah. taking the chance on him. Where Williams is the type of guy you can drop. He might stick around on the wire for a bit. Then he heats up. You pick him back up. So he's yeah. kind of a guy you can you can maybe gamble on a little bit. 
Yeah, um, I still think he's really good. He's a solid possession player, but yeah, I, I don't uber, think it, I don't think his upside is worth holding on to. It's not worth waiting out. No, this he, cool. like I mean, last year was his best year in in five years. Yeah. And I just I just have to imagine there's better there's players with more upside on your free agency this early in the season than Justin Williams. Next one we're moving on to is Jerome McGinley, your boy. In Can I go first? Okay, yeah, we'll start with you, D. Jerome again, the two goals, zero assists, 12 games. What do you got to say about J-Rome? I wrote down, people own this guy, question mark. <laughs> I, actually, I didn't think, I actually I didn't think he was rosterable in the first place, um, so that should tell you what I think about holding on to I actually own him in a league, and I, honestly, like I've dropped like better, like sli- like not better, but it's a deeper league, but slightly better players just because I just love Jerome Ginla. Uh, that's fair. Like, you know, like that's it's just fair. like like I don't even care. Like it just makes me like a little bit happy every He's time I go check out my goals across. The last First, I had years. to check that he was still playing, and then I had to check that he was actually on some fantasy teams. Yeah, this guy is two years off of a fifty-nine. And three years off with sixty-one point season, he's still going. Right, he's got yeah, legs. On the, he's got twenty the plus. PDO ads. <laughs> twenty plus in the last uh, last three years. I mean, he's a Geno machine. No, um, I'm with UD on this one. Uh, Jerome. Only reason that he has any value right now is he's playing top line power play, but he's on the point in Colorado, um, and their power play's kind of been uh, been slowing down lately. And I don't see him holding Go that. For that mean wrist shot yeah, from Blue Line. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, no, I I think it's a lot like Justin Williams, where yeah, how high is the ceiling doing. really there? Um, yeah, and if you're waiting, I mean, if there's no better winger, this guy will start producing goals. I could see him hitting twenty again, but like that's probably that's that's wishful yeah, thinking. Not just a lot getting twenty. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. If so. you just love having Jerome McGinley on your team, if you're nostalgic like I am, keep him around. Otherwise, to be fair. If Matt Sundin was in the league, getting like thirty points a year, he'd probably be on my team. So yeah, exactly. There's just some guys you gotta love still. Uh, Beeb, stick with you here. Anthony Duclair, one goal, two assists, twelve games. Keep him, cut him, keep him. And uh, I say that because Anthony Duclair and his little buddy Max Domi are both struggling, and at some point they're both too talented to not turn it around. Agreed. Um, they're going to be playing together, hopefully. I mean, it's familiar territory for both of them. Domi scored his first goal this season last night. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, I know. Pretty ridiculous. I hyped him hard all year. Yeah. I've been hearing about it. I mean, he's still only two points off of a point-per-game pace, so he's not having an absolutely terrible year. But I do see once Domi turns around, I think Duclair's right there with him. Um, I also like Duclair's dual eligibility, left and right wing. Um, that's always sexy. So, uh, Duclair, I'm saying hold on to Keep it up, I strongly him. disagree. I think the only thing he has going for him is his left wing, right wing. And I'm actually upset I didn't look into his numbers earlier because it seems super obvious looking back at it. But he had 20 goals last year. Only 20 goals yeah, shooting 19%. Off the, front, off the beginning, too. Only 20 yeah, goals shooting Only 20 goals he shot 19%. So that tells you how poor his shot production is. And like Beef said, that's strongly inflated by the hot start they got off to. Um, so, he, you know, he was terrible to end the year. He's barely overshot a game in his career, and that's just not the makeup of a viable fantasy winger at he this point. You can't rely on that production. Though, that's just where I like him as well. I mean, I what? Just, he does have first line power play status, which is kind of nice. But yeah, but like they all, you know, they suck, and he's still not shooting. The <laughs> which is, no, they do suck. <laughs> like to, to put it frankly, but like he's not. You have to shoot the puck if you're going to score in this league. Like. I, it sounds extremely obvious, and that's because it is. Um, you can't. You're not going to be. And that's because it is. No, fantasy viable taking 100 shots a year from left wing. It's yeah. just No, and, and I agree. Uh, 139 shots over 111 career NHL games. 
Very and even good. shooting at fifteen point eight percent over his career. Only and he 20. plays a lot. Like it's not like a guy who came into the league playing third and fourth line minutes. He right? doesn't like, play a ton. Like I mean, he's only averaging thirteen forty four this year, which sure. is down from his fourteen twenty three last year. He doesn't play a ton. They but still his usage isn't great, but still, like I know that there's there's a lot of other players that see fourteen minutes a night that shoot a lot more. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. than Anthony Duclair. I'm not keeping a. I'm not holding on to him. Um, I still think that there's some. In keeper leagues, he's worth kind of just floating out there on the on the trade block, just because. I mean, it's still a nice kind of keeper name that people might still only attach themselves to. Yeah, I would float him around before I drop him, but like ultimately, this is not a guy I'm holding on to. Uh, there might be some some people out there that don't know uh, uh, well enough. I mean, I don't think that Anthony Duclair is a, a bad player by any stretch. I think he still has a lot of upside and a lot of room to grow in his game, especially on, just, a, on a young yeah. Yotes team. But the, the shot production right now is just I didn't see those shots before, and I really <laughs> regret my right now. Yeah, It has to go up, man. Yeah. Like, you can't... I also didn't 20 see goals off a 19% season? Yeah. yeah. So bad. I just... I don't, That's so I mean, bad. Uh, I don't, oh, they're so you gotta cash in on that so luck, low. man. You gotta score 40 if you're shooting 19 <laughs> for a whole season. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, A guy that I'm really high on... But yeah. he's off to a slow start. Biebs, Jaden Schwartz, two goals, one assist in nine games. Keep him, cut him. I I really like Jaden Schwartz. I always have. <laughs> um, he was injured, who would have thought, to start the year. <laughs> so it, uh, it delayed him a bit. And I think that's kind of been why his start's been slow. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I would like to blame that. I mean, um, whole I, team's off to the slow yeah. I mean, they have training camp for a reason, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Seen it. He missed be a great that. thing. Yep, exactly. It's like... Uh, Assume it puts... Kucherov, I mean, it, it's happened quicker than Schwartz, but Kucherov started out slow, and then look what he's doing now. Obviously, it's different talent levels, but uh, I still like Schwartz. I mean, he's going to be in their top six. They're going to do better. He's going to no play way... with Tarasenko almost the entire Yeah, year. there's no way St. Louis keeps uh, keeps this kind of dry spell that they've had lately. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jane, he's Jaden Schwartz. I, I I got nothing more to say. Um, <laughs> I, I'm line. definitely keeping Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, his possession numbers, they're always great. They're still solid this year. Uh, he's had a really low on ice shooting percentage, which is an easy uh, kind of thing to pin it to. Uh, to me, it's nothing more than just a small sample size and not the best luck. And like Beeb says, probably a little rusty to some degree. I expect him to return to a 60-ish point pace soon. Uh, he might finish close to 50 points given his the time he missed and his slow start. But uh, at least from here on out, I think you could expect a pretty reputable pace from Schwartz. Yeah, I'm um, definitely not dropping Schwartz. Uh, he's still averaging over two shots per game. Uh, he's going to play a Tarasenko all year. The on-ice shooting percentage, like D mentioned, should go up. I love Schwartz. I mean, he doesn't have a tremendous upside. He's still kind of like a 25, 25 type of guy with a little bit modest upside for like 25, 30, 25, 35. We saw him put up 20, 35 two years ago. Uh, so this is a guy with upside. Playing with Tarasenko is always super, super helpful and uh, definitely not dropping him. We are super running into like the deepest parts the yep. deepest depths let's of the first half ever next. so let's let's just rip through really quickly these next i think we have like six guys so here we go ready you guys ready for some rapid fire yeah yeah so okay ready. kyle palmary two goals three assists 12 games deep beeb sorry keep or cut uh uh i don't know um it's very hard i say kind of keep kind of cut uh d what depends do you think how deep your league is Wait another week before you come. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. Wait I'm to not, see if he gets I'm back not, on the I'm not dropping him yet either. This is not a guy I'm bailing on yet. He needs to get back on the power. Yeah, yeah, he just he's good. The thing is, I think 
nowhere near good enough to produce it even stronger. I'm not going in super, super deep here, but I think that the the Devils are still kind of figuring out what they've got. They've yeah, been moving yeah. their lines around a ton. They, I think Jones. that they really like what they've got in Taylor Hall. Um, I would. No, like that's what I mean. Like I think they really like it. He's played really well. They're still trying to kind of figure out what they, who's going to work best with him. They've moved things around a lot, especially in the last few nights. So be patient with maybe not all Devils, but definitely I would still be patient with Kyle Palmieri. Next guy, Tory Krug. If anybody's dropping this guy, I, I threw him on here just to yeah. see if any of you guys would say cut, but I know you're not gonna. So I just two saw assists, many shots thirteen games. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. I so that's the only reason. I, that's the only reason I wanted to bring him up. Beebs will let you drop oh it. Keeper cut, Tory Krug. He has forty-five shots, zero goals. It's insane. He's snake bitten. That's you know, that's amazing production. Forty-five shots in thirteen games is ridiculous. He, he's not a goal scorer, but he's a great puck mover, and if he's shooting the puck, he's bound to get more yeah. assists. Some of those Broke are just gonna go through last year. Uh, among the worst on-ice shooting percentages in the league, which means his team is shooting awful when he's on the ice, it's something like 3.5%. Uh, just god-awful. Uh, so, you know, just some bad luck to what definitely is a talented defenseman and not worthy of a drop by any sense. Yeah, and their their power play is clicking at just 14% right now. He's a yeah. guy who has a lot of his values tied to the uh, the top power play unit there. That's yeah. going to improve. Patrice Bergeron's coming around. Right. Marshawn, Even like the worst team in the league, you'd expect to be above that margin. And they're oh, far yeah. Behind. And so their, their power play is going to improve. Obviously, you're not going to go 45 shots with zero goals very often. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before the floodgates open. But the thing is that a lot of your everyday owners don't know this shit. Tory Krug is a guy to go after 100%. <laughs> I'm targeting him in every single yeah. one of my leagues right now. Uh, this is a guy who is not known typically as a goal scorer, only 30 goals in his career, um, but he did have back-to-back double-digit goal years, so I mean, he is coming off of a bit of a down year, he, he, he's a guy who does only, I mean, a defenseman, 4.4 shooting percentage isn't the greatest, but it's not terrible for a defenseman, yeah. if you just average that out, let me just run these numbers here for a second, he should have at least two goals at this point in the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, sitting at zero with two assists with the wor- one of the worst on-ice shooting percentages in right. the league is definitely hurtful. This is a guy that can only go up. I'm not cutting him. I'm I'm targeting this son of a gun right now. Yeah. I almost swore so much there. I don't even know why. I was just blurred up. Uh, but okay, three more defensemen to run through super quick. Beebs, TJ Brody, zero goals, two assists, 14 games. Keep or cut? Keep for now. Kyle Palmieri syndrome. Watch next week. Um, as Calgary turns it around, I think he will too. Keep. He's finally playing with Geo again. Yep, that too. That's big. They also have the worst power play in the NHL right now. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons over there. I don't understand why. He's not a guy that usually has the most power play production. Um, he's probably going to see minutes below guys like Dougie Hamilton or, or um, obviously Mark Giordano. Uh, but Dennis Weidman's found himself in the press box recently, so you could see more usage for Brody on the PP. And as that PP improves, so should Brody's numbers. Moving on, two more guys. Jake Muzzin, one goal, one assist, 13 games. Keeper cut, Beebs. Cut, Alec Martinez is the new Jake Muzzin. D. Uh, cut. You want me to say mine? Uh, that's okay. He no, sucks at producing good. offense, and the team sucks. So a lot of shit right there yeah i'm cutting him too and one of our boys of the show not actually but we wish he was aaron ekblad windsor alert nice kid. Woo. 
keeping Keep that. Yeah. I, well, we talked about it last week. If anyone didn't listen to last week's episode, right around the uh, the buy low candidates, Aaron Eckblad, the guy's getting a ton of shots. It's going to change. He's just having bad puck luck right now. I just yep. you, and you know what the funny thing is? The only reason, like I. I would never drop the get. I would never drop him. One of the best young defensemen in the NHL. Years old. But I cannot believe the amount of questions where it's like, should I keep this guy? Should I drop this guy? Sorry, some stupid ads playing in the background. Uh, are you kidding me? They don't drop him. So no. I wanted to just address it and have all three of us just drop a resounding no so yeah, that our not. listeners and, and DFO users would just be like, what? Oh, I shouldn't drop this guy. Done deal. So... That's it for the first half. That was one of the longest first halves we've ever had, but we have a nice second half to be quick. Yeah, we have a nice quick second half, so enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in a minute. Welcome back to episode Old English 40 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium, chilling out in Brantford. Uh, no injury report tonight because we're moving uh, a little slow, but that's all right because you guys are getting some good quality uh, contextual information. Oh, heck and, yeah. And uh, we're going to move now. Uh, we've been talking about skaters, uh, you know, the entirety of this podcast so far. Uh, Brock wanted to break down the top 12 fantasy goalies for the rest of the season. Uh, I put Carey Price as one, and then when I tried to look at number two, I, <laughs> you know, I'm not too proud to admit that I have no idea uh, how to predict <laughs> goalies from one season to the next, let alone uh, how it's going to play out for the rest of the 70 games, uh, feeding off the first 10 games of the season. So I respectively withdraw I respect my that honesty. comments on this topic, and I'm instead going to host this little rundown. Uh just really quick, Beebs, give me your 12, 1 to 12. We'll, we'll go to Brock, and we'll talk about any discrepancies and uh, kind of hammer out the issues there. So, uh, Beebs, what do you got? Absolutely. All right, number one, Carey Price. I don't think I have to go much more into that one. Uh, they don't lose what? when He's he starts. He's not that good, is he? Oh, I mean, he's okay. Uh, they don't lose when he starts. He has a 9.53 save percentage. I honestly think it's going to stay at near 9.40 this year. Uh, <laughs> he's going to stop 96% of the shots I, he faces. Have you seen how confident he is in that net? He Dude, it's actually, out, it's actually outstanding I, to watch the guy. I've never... He's so he's so. I'm just gonna say it. He's so f- calm. Yeah, no, he's, he's like, just, he has. There's no other way. Oh, to you want to go cross ice? I'll just casually Dude, slide re- over and glove you. Oh, oh that was I, easy. I don't remember. I hope I, I hope water. I don't get it wrong here. But I think it was Dreger the other day after one of Carey Price's starts. Price just looked so calm, stood in his head, and he's just like. There's only one elite goalie. Like he's I, so yeah, elite. I he's haven't so seen elite someone that, like this in a yeah, long time. Yeah, he's so elite that he's just like. Right. 
No, I'm down for that because elite, elite means like the highest level, right? And yeah. he's literally on his own level. So it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. he, there's yeah. only one I think like the closest I can think of is like Henrik Lundqvist three, four years ago, maybe five years ago, when yeah, he was just at the top of his game. But yeah. other than that, I mean, this is someone where like I'm not huge on goalies, but I will watch a game just to watch Gary he's Price. Insane. Um, yeah. and that's saying Are, a lot. I'm just gonna say though, uh, for ripping through this, we're spending way too much time on the most obvious answer. <laughs> so I know yeah, I just so wanted to talk. We, about, we, we had to talk about like Carey Price for the- sure, 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 uh, sure. Number two, Devin Dubnik, and uh, reason I'm giving it, giving him number two, is because this is fantasy hockey. He's gonna get a ton of starts to end out this year. Um, he does every year. He's an absolute workhorse. Um, Nine fifty one save percentage. That's obviously bound to change. But Minnesota's a phenomenal team this year, and uh, if you have Dubnik, I it's really insane. think they're so. Injured. Yeah, I just really like uh, I just really like him fantasy wise, um, and getting a lot of starts and a lot of wins is uh, very big for a goaltender. Um, close with number three, Braden Holtby. Braden Holtby. Uh, the only reason he's at three is strictly because he's known not to get a ton of shutouts. He only had three or two last year, I believe it was two. Um, he gets a ton of wins, but uh, that's where Dubnik just takes that step up. Corey Crawford, number four. Corey Crawford does what Corey Crawford kind of has done for the last four or five years. He's steady, gets his starts, gets his wins, has a save percentage, just kind of across the board, steady goaltender. That's why he's at four. At Ben Bishop at five. Um, Bishop has really kind of been struggling this year to start. I kind of see that bound to change. I mean, it's Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. We were huge on him at the beginning of the year. He's playing on a great team, going to get a lot of wins. Number six, kind of a surprise for a lot of people. Might not be. Um, who knows? Cam Talbot, again, this is fantasy. Um and I say that because I think he's going to get a ton of starts in Edmonton this year as well, kind of like Dubnik, and he's looked phenomenal so far, and maybe this is really his breakout year for Cam Talbot. Uh, two shutouts, nice, eight wins. Um, I just see him uh, really padding those categories just because of the amount of starts he's getting. Edmonton bound for regression, though. Number seven, Corey Schneider. D loves Corey Schneider. Um, <laughs> I'm also learning to love Corey Schneider. He's been phenomenal um, again this year. Uh, the only problem with him is obviously the wins, but he does get the starts, save percentage, Goals against even has been pretty phenomenal, so uh, he's great there. Number eight, Martin Jones, struggling with a 9-7 save percentage. Um, great team in front of him, so that's why he's there. I just I don't like Martin Jones as far as save percentage um, numbers go, um, but again, no one in position to take a spot. Number nine, Henrik Lundqvist. He was kind of a toss-up with uh, Martin Jones. They have relatively the same numbers. Um, Lindquist is probably should be higher here, so I apologize for that. Number ten, and I kind of <laughs> wish I, uh, I kind of wish I had this guy where Cam Talbot was and Cam Talbot back. But number ten is Sergey Bobrovsky, who's been an absolute uh, beast so far. Bobrovsky, Jesus, that was large. <laughs> um, but Sergey Bobrovsky, he's he's a lot like Dubnik as well. He's going to take Officer all the Bobrovsky starts out in the Columbus as long as he stays healthy. I mean, that's been a problem in the recent years, so you got to hope he stays healthy. Um, he's not going to get as many wins because he's playing for Columbus, but they look like they're kind of turning it around lately, I guess. Um, but his saves percentage is up there. If you play in a league, that's super weird and count saves. He's very good for that. Uh, <laughs> but so is Cam Talbot. Um, number 11, Marc-Andre Fleury. What more, what more do I have to say? He plays for Pittsburgh. Wins. Uh, he's going to turn it around. He's kind of been struggling. Uh, Matt Murray, though, is kind of what scares me there and what pushes him back. And number 12, Craig Anderson. And Craig Anderson should be higher. It's just we don't really know um, if he's going to start every game and what's going to happen there. Um, and I don't really want to talk more about that. But he has been very good so far this year. And when he is starting, and he clearly has uh, he has a fueling force right now, which is making them a nice start whenever he does start. So I like uh, Craig Anderson at 12th best. Brock will let you go, though. All right. Thank you very much. So, yeah, Carey Price, duh. Number one, Braden Holpe, number two. Washington still going to improve. Uh, fantasy hockey goaltending is all about the wins, and Braden Holpe is not going to let you down in the wins category. Still going to probably win 40 games for you. 
I had him at number one at the start of the year. Price has madly impressed to the point where he's clearly surpassed him. Uh, I, as long as Price is healthy, he's top goalie. But Holpe, still 40 wins, will not let you down in the save percentage or goals against categories either. Number three, Henrik Lundqvist. That team looks rock solid in front of him. Again, all about the wins. And he will post a very solid goals against average. Save percentage at 908 right now. That's bound to improve. Um, he's getting older. Hurt by some bad games. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. he's he's been overall very strong. Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. He still one has. of the better goalies in the NHL. Playing behind, uh, right now, the best offense in the NHL. So, lots of wins coming his way. The only thing that hurts him is he will see more rest than, you know, the Holpies and the carry prices, uh, especially because Antti Rant is one of the better backups in the NHL. Yep. Number four, Corey Crawford. Uh, still, he got a bit of a boost from my preseason numbers. He's been unbelievable. He had a slow start, but he's been unbelievable lately. Blackhawks, still a really strong team. Uh, Crawford's slow start was definitely bitten by an absolutely historically bad Chicago <laughs> penalty, penalty kill. kill. Um, that's only bound to just improve. It has to. It can't be that bad forever, which will help Crawford's numbers and, and the Blackhawks' winning percentage uh, altogether. Number five, Devin Dubnik. Uh, it's it's crazy when you look at Dub, Dubnik, Dubnik, however you want to say it. Uh, aside yeah. from that year where he kind of just went from Edmonton to Nashville yeah, and then just like year. disappeared and then like came to Arizona, like whatever. Besides the year, like even when he played for just poo poo. Oilers teams. Yeah. He still carried a 914, 916. It's like a 915, 921 year save percentage. He's always been a good goalie. I, I don't understand what happened there. Is. There was this, this that disconnect that he just like bounced around. Everybody thought he was shit. And then he, all of a sudden he landed on a solid team and he's good again. And it's not, um, it's, it's not really that surprising. If you look at his career save percentage, I mean, even playing on bad teams, a 916 career save percentage. Very he's impressive. He's always good, yeah. He's always been good. Uh, Corey Schneider lands at number six, a little bit higher than I had him in the preseason. Uh, he's still not going to win you a ton of games, but my God, he is going to post some ridiculous splits. Can't yeah. go wrong uh, with Corey Schneider in the cage as long That's as you true. have somebody who's going to win you some games on the other side. Really. Number seven, still Martin Jones. The worst PDO in the NHL right now belongs to the San Jose Sharks. That team is definitely going to improve. Martin Jones' numbers are going to improve. The win totals are going to start to climb. Martin Jones still remains a high-end fantasy option. Sergei Bobrovsky, number eight, always a guy that I've been extremely high on. The only health, or sorry, the only concern with him is health. If Bobrovsky always. can stay healthy, Bobrovsky can be great. If Bobrovsky gets hurt, he's useless. Obviously, uh, he's been off to a great start. <laughs> If he can stay healthy, yeah. Bobrovsky is the number one fantasy net miner. And the best part about it is that you definitely, definitely, definitely drafted him as a number two, if not a number three. So you're reaping the benefits right now, but just beware. He could get hurt. If I'm – actually, I am a Bobrovsky owner. I'm selling high. I love the guy. I think he's a really good goalie. Uh, every time I listen to a Blue Jackets broadcast, he's like, he's one of the hardest workers in the NHL. He is so dedicated but he just can't stay healthy. I'm selling high on the guy just because that shit scares the hell out of me. He's probably going to get hurt. Number nine, Jake Allen. One of the worst PDOs in the NHL is the St. Louis Blues. Allen's going to improve. The Blues are still a good team. Carter Hutton will steal starts here and there. Jake Allen's numbers are going to improve. The Blues will improve. Don't worry about him. Number nine, uh, at number 10, Ben Bishop. He dropped quite a bit from my preseason rankings because we've already seen how many starts Andre Vasilevsky has seen this year. I know for a fact that they plan on starting Vasilevsky around 35 games this year, which leaves a very minimal amount of starts for Ben Bishop, who's been off to a rough start, but that team's 
appears to be turning a corner. Ben Bishop still number one goalie. Number 11, Cam Talbot. The Oilers are a lot better than a lot of people expected. I had them as a fringe playoff team, uh, but they still remain a playoff team to me, uh, especially after this hot start. They look good. And then we have Roberto Luongo at number 12. Uh, another guy that's been off to a slow start, but the Panthers are extremely banged up. You get Huberto back. You get Bugstad back. You get improved play from Yandel and Ekblad. This team is going to be a lot better. A lot of brighter days ahead for the Panthers. A lot of brighter days ahead for Roberto Luongo, who rounds out my top 12. D, you got anything to add on these uh, these top 12s? You guys are so good at evaluating talent in the net. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I respect your rankings and acknowledge that goalies are, for the most part, pretty voodoo. I appreciate that, man. I can't wait till the end of the year when my top 12 is exactly the top 12 and I just say, like, that ain't voodoo. This is real life, bro. I know what's going to oh, happen all along. Yeah, I, I like the way you do it because, you know, you doubt the uh, kind of the randomness. Sorry, I'm getting tired. Uh, as much as you can and look at who's got the best support behind them, which I probably the most reliable uh how much goalies tend to jump yeah, like around this, when you're looking at a fantasy netminder it's it, it's all about opportunity right it's just like fantasy football you you don't always have to have the best running back you just have to have the running back who's playing on a good offense who's going to get the most touches right it's the same with a fantasy netminder you kind of just need that guy that's going to start you 55 mm-hmm. 60 games who plays yeah. on a good enough team to get him some wins and even if he ends up finishing the year with a 9 10 save percentage it's still going to be enough for you to be there if he gets that 35 wins or whatever. It's just it's opportunity-driven, and that's why the guys near the top of my list are all guys that are going to see 60 starts this year. But let's get to Twitter questions. This has been one of our longer episodes. So actually, no, it's not too bad. We're running out an hour right now, so we're pretty much on pace. We're doing we, things. We ripped through. We, thank God D doesn't know how to talk about goalies, or we'd be still here for another half hour. But Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it is for people. Yeah. But uh Beebs, let's go to you. Twitter, Twitter time. <laughs> that was Brock's bird. I can't. It's pretty I good, except for it's just scary because he like started flapping at me. And I did. I was like, flapping big time. I, actually I got the chills when he did it. Not, gonna lie. Um, <laughs> not the good chill. Yeah. So it's not even like like a like a Twitter time. It should be like a little a little. I can't do a whistle. Thing, something but like cute. a little a little chirp. something like that. Yeah. I just I I'm say, like I'm like a screaming just, eagle. Like, people just turn the podcast off. They're like, well, we're done here. <laughs> Um, that's there he goes enough. again, making yeah. eagle noises. <laughs> but yeah, Twitter questions again. <laughs> as we uh, as we remind you every week, feel free to uh, follow us on Twitter at Daily Faceoff, or you can follow any one of us individually at 3D Berthium at Brock underscore Segan. I always forget that. Got it this time, or me at at Beebs Bondi. But most uh, of all, the, the pod- at DFO Podcast Twitter at, is the most important. I, I named that first, bud. No, he's just at Daily Faceoff. Oh, wow. Which yeah. you can follow too. It's yeah, definitely, okay. dude. You know, before we get into the questions, it it always kind of blows my mind. Like, especially when like a big reporter kind of just like retweets us, and then all of a sudden this kind of like flood of like fifteen fans of that team start following us. It's just like you gotta get where have the you been? Where have you been? Like, I just I can't believe that there's still people out there that don't use the damn website. Who was who the one that referenced Daily Face Off to you when you asked about the Lions? What do you mean? 
there was a reporter this year you tweeted at them asking if there was any update on lions and he's like not sure Check oh gary, gary lawless yeah no i was <laughs> yeah, like so yeah, lawless yeah, you yeah. got any you got an update on uh, on jets lines he's like no you should use daily face off it's a great resource <laughs> i was just like hey thanks for the plug man it's my website those are my lines that i post That's I'm <laughs> thanks man i appreciate you i just wanted to update uh, those websites so uh, thanks for coming out that's good though because that means other people are like yo like like what a fun shit yeah and he's just like hey daily no, face it off. Is good it's it's crazy it seems like this year more than ever uh other reporters are using like my tweets of lines and and talking about them which is cool but it's just it's crazy like when all of a sudden we it's always massive, been we, we, for sure yeah we get but like did you see the other day when myrtle was tweeting about us there because I'm yeah like, he called it calls you out. that was funny so, well sunday i was in the i was in the man cave laying down laminate floor which it looks pretty legit right i mean i'm i'm standing on it it, it looks feels good. pretty legit it, it, it's nice it, it worked out good yep. so like, like i was i was uh super busy and then like so like i kind of like sundays are always weird it's like i'm always doing like something else so i'm rushing Watch and so like i kind of just i kind of threw down like that random gets laugh game time decision thing and then like if you don't change the like news type yeah when you, you update it, like website. when you like yeah like so like whenever i go to update news it automatically goes to goalie so right, i forgot change. to change it to injury and it posted a thing and myrtle was just like oh i don't like the ducks chances <laughs> if, if if gets laughs there in it and then like before i even saw it, it had like 130 retweets i was just like fuck <laughs> it's a nice little playful yeah playful it was post. so funny though people were just like oh yeah way to go daily face off great clickbait i was like you sons of bitches Daily like, Faceoff does not clickbait, but no, anyways, no, we never do. We're just reason why we're here. Yeah, um, Twitter questions. To do Twitter questions. Twitter. First one comes from at Matthew Gross forty one. Thank you, Matthew. Thoughts on James Neal, Bergeron, and Drysaitel? I have them, but I'm in first in my league, and will they pick up? <laughs> Bro, if you're first in your league and those guys are lagging behind, then you're laughing uh, because all three of those guys are going to pick up. James Neal, a guy. I just do not like he's a dirty son of a bitch but he's a good hockey player that whole team i like could could it could a podcast be any higher on one specific team than we were with the nashville predators preseason we're extremely um this is a guy who has 46 shots across 12 games um Mm -hmm. and only three goals so the shot production which we've talked about a ton on this show is definitely there shooting at a measly 6.5 percent which is half of what we've seen throughout his career James Neal will absolutely pick it up. Patrice Bergeron, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Guys kind of get behind the eight ball when they miss training camp, when they're hurt at the start of the year. That's what happened with Bergeron. <gasps> Excuse me. Do not worry about Patrice and Dre Seidel. Uh, that whole team has kind of just, he started off hot. That whole team's kind of went into an offensive dry spell recently. Who oh, I got the hiccups. This yeah, is bad. Ever. Um, but I'm not worried about Dre Seidel either. So if those, I mean, I don't know what the question really is. I mean, the thoughts are that all three of them are great players and all three of them have right. a lot of potential to pick it up. And I Yeah, I would imagine uh, all of their upside is greater than anything you'd find on free agency. Uh-huh. And especially in first place, place, it sounds like you right. got some guys you carrying you in the meantime and you can wait for them to kind of catch up. Yeah. But you're in a good spot, guy. Good Matthew Gross, guy. You, good luck, bro. It looks like you're going to be, uh, you're going to win this year, bro. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. It's because he's listening to the podcast and asking questions, so that's huge. Next question, though, from at HPooey. H poo H poo thirty three. Um, sorry if I said that wrong. H You should just spell it. I'm gonna guess. H P O H P O U. So thirty three. Um, but he asked, "What's up with the Sens? Seems they aren't H-poo. scoring. It's H poo. 
Oh, it's a poop. I don't know. <laughs> but he asked, what's up with the Sens? Seems they aren't scoring any goals. You think it'll eventually change under Boucher? Uh, um, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> it's Bobby Boucher! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I am so thrown off right now. Um, yeah, like, it was weird because the start of the year, they started off blistering. Now they rank 23rd in the NHL uh, with 2.42 goals per game. Um isn't this the same guy that we saw like throw out that ridiculous defensive trap that one game? Yeah, we did. Um, that's hockey played like the clip last night. And I totally up forgot about it. But, yeah. yeah, that was his. Uh, that was I'm his just, theme. I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, kind of figure out where this guy got this presumed notion that the Sens were going to produce offense. Well, they've had good. They've had. Yeah. They, they've been one of the higher scoring teams over the years. Like the last couple of years, they haven't been. Slouches when it comes to producing offense. Yeah, but that's all on Carlson, right? Like, yeah, like last mean, year they were he's been like off to a bit of a slow start, and the team kind of just goes with him. Exactly. So, like, will they pick it up? Like last year, they were ninth in the NHL in goals for, and two years ago, they were ninth in the NHL in goals for. Like, they're a team that okay. Gen- okay. generally scores a lot of goals. Uh but yeah, with 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 Erickson's off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, I would assume that they won't finish in the bottom half of the league. I think this is an above-average offense. Uh, Boucher, I think, will hurt them a little bit. It seems like he's like he. I don't know. He I, he's one of the tougher systems in the NHL. Yeah, because really you gotta play. Uh, it's just weird. I don't know. I just think like everybody's been off to a slow start. I would expect a lot of their offense to pick it up. Uh, regardless, everyone was off Carlson, to a fast start. You got Carlson, Stone, Hoffman, Turris. They've all started hot and then slowed down, and then I think it's only a matter of time for. It's been a lot of you start getting that you start getting that spike. I mean, Tom Pyatt's playing top six minutes right now, so maybe they're doomed. Uh, I don't know, but I'm not overly concerned. Uh, I wish I wish I had the numbers. I wish I was more prepared. I would have had uh, Boucher's previous numbers with his other teams, but I don't have those in front of me right now, so I apologize for that. But do you got anything else to add? Uh, No, no. You ready to roll with the punches? Yeah, these guys only give me two Twitter, yeah, Twitter questions this week. <laughs> Cut me off early. That's probably what? why, because I'm slurring roll words. With the punches. Uh, but yeah, so it's Boost Owens time. That was the worst. I'm on a Good show. I'm on a yeah. show. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for tuning in for episode number 40. I'm going to throw this out there once again, because apparently nobody wants to listen to the damn shit. If you like the show, please tell us what you like about the show. If you do have a problem with anything we do on the show please let us know so you're gonna mention the patreon account it's like, that's not the way to go at it no improve on <laughs> every week i say i just want some i just want some pointers Bro, or some yeah. congrats just, or just let us know what segments you enjoy and yeah which ones because i every week i'm like, we what's like a 13 year old girl he just needs someone to like clarify that what he's doing is okay no that's not what i'm saying at all <laughs> no, i'm just kidding that's not what i'm saying but at you all. look like um, no i'm done i'll stop no, we're, no, we could definitely use the feedback, though. No, but yeah, and, I just uh, want to know it's what It's all seg- about just, you know, optimizing the show at this point. Obviously, we, we rock. We kick ass. We know that. Yeah. Um, but what do you like the most? Did you goobers. like the face-off today? Do you like keep it or cut? Do you like... Legit or wave un- wire? Legit. Yeah, like, yeah. just I want to know Great what seg. people enjoy, what people don't enjoy, what they want to yeah. hear more of. We could just talk Head about Head over to iTunes. No, or- we cannot. <laughs> He's talking about goalies forever. <laughs> uh, but no, just head over to iTunes, drop a, a uh, I don't even know, what, what are they called? Comment? Rating? Review? Rating. A review. A review. That's Boom. the one we got there. Head over, drop or a even, review. Or hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, just anything. Just let us know what you like. Anything. Yeah. 
Like, like I'm literally pleading, begging right now, just help us. I've said it for like three weeks in a row, nobody wants to eat. We're literally just on your knee. Clearly this is quality podcast. There's like, oh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing but wrong with you, chaps. we can optimize it, is what we're saying. There's nothing wrong with you, chaps. I have need your help. But anyways, Bro, help God. me. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done talking British. I'm done talking about goalies. I'm done talking about iTunes reviews. I'm done looking at Biebs' mustache. Enjoy the Boo Stones anyway. for the next 60 seconds. We'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Most of all, I hope y'all win some money. Good night. Why did I say y'all? Peace. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.